Good morning. Welcome to Organic Matters. If you're not catching me on the show live, then you probably have me on Stitcher or Apple or Spotify. I forget all where it goes, but either one, they're all current. I put them on each week within a day or so of what is actually happening. So it kind of keeps you up with current. I want to call it weather. Uh, I don't like to use the word weather because it's actually climate changes, climate forecast. I also do gardening each week. Usually I talk about healthy eating, healthy foods, what's going on with our food supply, that kind of thing. So that's, that's where this show usually goes. So today we're going to begin with a, a pretty good little, well, it's a good story, but it is a story, kind of an update on where the beef market is heading. What caught my eye and got me into this was I saw this quote in a recent article, 11 Madison Park, a top Manhattan restaurant is going meatless. The Epicurious cooking site stopped posting new beef recipes. The Culinary Institute of America is promoting plant-forward menus. Dozens of colleges, including Harvard and Stanford, are shifting towards what they call climate-friendly meals. If this sort of trend continues, beef could be the new coal. Shunned by elite tastemakers over rising temperatures and squeezed by increasingly cheap alternatives. Beef's under a whole lot of pressure right now, according to Anthony Lesserwitz, who's the director of Yale's university's program on climate change communications. It was a shift in market trends that forced the end of coal as we knew it. It's going to be the shift in consumer taste and preferences, not some regulation that may also cause a shift in the beef industry. Americans claim to want a shift. 70% say it would be healthier if the country ate less meat, and 58% would like to eat more fruits, vegetables, nuts, and whole grains. That's according to a 2020 survey by Data Essentials, a food marketing research company. Worries about climate pile on top of long-standing health concerns about how much red meat we should really eat. Yet, while long-term trends back the change, U.S. consumption of beef actually ticked up slightly during the pandemic to about 55.8 pounds per person per year. It's been slowly rising since 2015 after plunging during the 2007 to 2009 Great Recession. But meat consumption last year remained 40% below the peak back in the 1970 levels, according to the Agricultural Department. Tastemakers are pushing popular culinary personalities, including Chef Jamie Oliver, promoting plant-centric meals. Bill Gates is urging developed nations to completely give up conventional beef. Many school and corporate cafeterias have dropped all beef patties for blended burgers made, many of them, from one-third mushrooms. Meanwhile, backlash is stirring among rural Republicans, of all things, who sense a new battleground in the partisan culture wars. In broad swaths of the heartland, cattle and the corn for animal feed are central to livelihood and identity. More than a third of the United States farms and ranches are beef cattle operations, making it the largest single segment of U.S. agriculture. I mean, just think, burgers are still sizzling from countless backyard barbecues around this place anyway. Well, some states 
actually are asking on a meatless Monday on the menu. Others, for instance, the governor of Iowa went the other way. Meat on the menu month. Other words, every day. It's kind of a he said, she said war on beef. One of the things that did come out that was definitely not true was that the Biden administration had launched a war on beef. Nowhere did that ever happen. That came out of uh, one of these uh, Fox News makeup reports that they do. But there's no doubt that beef has some influence on our environment. They do literally burp and other things. Methane that's 25 times stronger than CO2 uh, in relative volume. Globally, it is true that about 14.5% of all human-driven greenhouse gas emissions come from the production of livestock, with cattle responsible for about two-thirds of that, according to the United Nations Food and Ag Organization. This might put a little interesting perspective on it if I, I found this. Per gram of protein, for instance, beef production has more than six times the climate impact of pork, more than eight times that of poultry, and more than 113 times of growing a number of vegetables, such things as peas. That's according to a 2018 analysis of global production in the journal Science. U.S. livestock producers generally have lower emissions than worldwide averages because of production efficiencies. Now, let me put my two cents worth in here, folks. Yes, it is producing more per protein, per gram. But think of the acreage it takes to grow that much protein in peas instead of in a cow. So they don't quite take that into consideration, the amount of land that we would have to recover in order to have enough acreage to grow the same amount of protein as cows gather in grazed fields. Part of the problem with growing our cattle is we throw them into a uh, situation on corn and grain for the last several months of their life. And that really does put kind of a different picture on the amount of what's well, called the word air pollution that each cow contributes to the cause. To kind of wind this up in my own words, as beef goes up, and it's going to, there's no doubt about it, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends on which side of the coin you're on, the plant-based meat-like products are continuing to actually get less expensive. Now, my problem with the plant-based materials right now is they, they are plant-based, but I read some of the actual ingredients that make them try to taste like meat, feel like meat, look like meat, and they've got some chemistries in there I just don't want to put in my body. So it's a trade-off. You know, what, how do we take care of the environment and still take care of us? So my hope is, as they've developed more and better meat substitutes, I'm not against the idea of plant-based if it tastes good and it, and it contributes to your good nutrition overall. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't want them to fool you. I want you to know what it is, what's in it. I'm, I, people have listened to me for years. I just want to know the facts. How is it really made? Is it really healthier? How much does it save on the environment if it's done properly? Because none of it's made for free. It's got to be made in a factory. Got to be made with energy some way. So there'll be a trade-off. I, what I see is there will be beef for the forecoming future that we can get. It's going to cost us more. There's no doubt about that. So maybe we will eat a little less of it. Uh, in the meantime, 
I prefer and recommend you get grass-fed, grass-finished beef that just comes off the pasture. It's not going to the CAFOs, confined animal feeding operations. You're going to have to learn to adjust a bit. I happen to think that grass-fed beef taste looks and feels better when you eat it. But that's an acquired taste for those of us who were raised for all of our lives on corn-fed, grain-fed cattle. The change is pretty apparent. It's a different kind of meat, so it's something you have to adjust to. So anyway, that's sort of my, uh, it's more than my two cents. I probably got a little deep into it. But there is going to be some change, especially in the red meat market. As uh, a last fact, right now in the United States, we're eating considerably more poultry per pound per year now than we are beef. Well, while we're on sort of the climate, uh, just because of the cows we we're talking about, the cattle, Here's another one that I think is good news, although it depends on which it's like everything else. You can't even talk about the weather, gardening, or raising cattle without getting the government involved these days. After a gap of more than four years, the Environmental Protection Agency is relaunching a website highlighting all the evidence of climate change in the United States. That is going to include the rising temperatures, increased ocean acidity, sea level rise, River flooding, droughts, heat waves, and wildfires, all of which have increased in numbers worldwide, but also right here in the United States. The EPA unveiled the revamped website on climate change indicators on Wednesday, calling it a comprehensive resource that presents clear and compelling evidence of changes in our climate. The website was effectively suspended under President Trump who did not believe in it and did not allow information on the site to be updated and who repeatedly disrupted, disputed, and downplayed the effects of climate change on the whole world. All I can say here is thank goodness we've got some scientists looking at what's really going on after a four-year gap. Unlike Trump, President Joe Biden calls climate change a real threat to the planet and has made slowing global warming a top priority of his administration. He led a virtual global summit on climate change from the White House just last month. The Biden administration revived the climate change website and added some new measures, pulling information from government agencies, universities, and other reliable sources. Among other things, the new website also shows that heat waves are occurring more often across the United States, from an average of about two heat waves per year during the 60s to about six per year during the 2010s. Sea level rose along much of the U.S. coastline between 1960 and 2020, particularly the mid-Atlantic and parts of the Gulf Coast, where some reporting stations registered increases of more than eight inches Coastal flooding has also become more frequent, especially along the East Coast and Gulf Coast, where the average length of a growing season in the lower 48 states increased by more than two weeks since the beginning of the 20th century. EPA said it worked with partners from dozens of government agencies, academic institutions, and other organizations to develop the climate change indicators. Incidentally, and this is important to me and it should be important to all of you, each indicator has been peer-reviewed by independent experts several times before it's released. 
The revamp site also features interactive data, exploration tools with graphs, maps, and figures, along with an overview of the climate change indicators and climate change's effects on human health and on our environment. Folks, we should have and need to be keeping up with this more than ever. It's going to happen more severe, more often, and have greater effects on us as time 